0: Hey, it's David Ward. Real quick, before we get to the episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the content, please share and subscribe to the podcast. I've heard every time you subscribe, a drummer gets their wings. So please help a drummer out and subscribe. All right, now on to the show. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to Musicians on the Record. I'm David Ward. This is the show where we bring you the musician's story, and I am super glad today. In-person interview in the Motor Studios. I'm very psyched. He is not just a drummer. He can play just about every instrument under the sink or in the sink, maybe. Uh, We're going to find out about that. We've got Drummer Teacher and uh, band leader Brad Chomsky on the record today. Welcome, Brad. Hey, good to see you. Dave. Absolutely, to be here. yeah. Welcome to you. Thank you. Let's. I want to talk a little bit about. I was looking at your your website. You've got recordings. You're teaching. I, I lost count of how many bands you actually might be in right now, but well, that uh, fluctuates a bit. Okay. So the the main group that I play with,
1: the kind of the staple that's been a long time, is the Portland Jazz Orchestra based out of Portland, Maine. It's a big band traditional big band five trumpets four bones and five saxes and rhythm section doing the band was founded back in 2004 and we we got the band together mostly to to do the standard big band literature but also to feature writers from within the band okay so there's a bunch of guys that write in the band um as well as there's some people who've left the band who continue to write for the band so
0: okay Great. That's the main,
1: that's one of the main bands.
0: And so how many people in the band, in the orchestra?
1: Gosh, when everybody's there, 18. 18. So five saxes, five trumpets, four bones, and four rhythm, piano, bass, guitar, and
0: drums. And how long has that orchestra been going?
1: We started in 2004. Then we got our house gig at One Longfellow Square in Portland. Yeah. I got to get on a plug. Sure. And we've been there once a month for the past 12 years, maybe? Wow.
0: So that's a great, it's a great venue yeah. for the band. A great it's a beautiful venue. If people check it out online, com. Now, it, it's also a very intimate venue. How do you get an 18-piece orchestra in that place?
1: Yeah, they're not used to that kind of thing. They yeah. normally have a lot of acoustic acts, okay. like bluegrass, like a yeah. quartet or whatever. Yeah. I saw uh, uh, Charlie Hunter there. You know, it's a trio. And we get up on stage, we put our trumpets on the back wall, trombones in front of them, seated, the rhythm section on the stage, and then the saxes are in front of the stage, and we take out some seating. I nice. okay. so we rearrange the. They don't fill the place, okay? Seating wise, yes. They have a limited
0: amount of seating. Got it. Got it. And and where most importantly, then where are the drums?
1: Yeah, front, <laughs> center. <laughs> front and center. Are, I'm right up on stage next to the bones. Nice. In the, in nice.
0: The Other big band drummers and band leaders that I've talked to. Tell me about. Um, it feels like it's taking off. You're piloting a jet plane. Absolutely. Say more about that well, feeling.
1: It, yeah, it's ah, it, it's just. How do you how do you explain it? You you're able to set up the band in so many different ways and interpret the music. And I often say to my students, being a drummer in a big band is so interpretive. It's Mm. like setting up a Thanksgiving dinner for everybody else to then feed off of. So if I hear a certain phrase coming up with the band and I know it's coming, Mm. what's the best way I can set that so that... The band just soars and takes off. When that happens as a big band drummer and the fills you put in the setup you fit in um, fit perfectly within that, man, your job's done. We all bring our own set of tricks to that. Yeah. You know, um, Steve Gatto played a little different than somebody else, than I would, and so on, but sure. it's it's what we do.
0: Yeah. Tell me about the, the different uh, mindset, any different preparation for leading that kind of big band versus a small trio blues band, rock band, uh, something like that.
1: I guess the mindset would be, um, it's, it's all written, you know, it's it's, every notes written. So you take that or you take a jazz quartet. We're going to, we're going to stretch it out. We're going to do this with that many people. You stay on the form. the difference comes for that group though, is that, stylistically everybody brings their own feel to it. It does in open solo sections sometimes go a certain way, okay. but it's more prescribed because of the form. Sure. Cause yeah. if we open things up and just play it loose, like if we're in a quartet, a of player might take seven so seven courses where in that group we have to know how many
0: courses we're taking sure of course yeah so uh, mostly staying on the form staying on the page there is some room for improvisation and solos yeah but it's not like uh mahu vishnu orchestra kind of yeah
1: no there's one tune we do by charles mingus where it's it's at one point it's free everybody's free playing for like uh 16 bars yeah maybe 32 and then it shuts down on beat three, and it goes right to the bridge of the tomb. So you have this cacophony of sound, and it's just building and building, and then all of a sudden, Then right to the bridge, and and we're right back on the grid. And it's a remarkable thing, yeah. you know. And, and people either dig it because
0: they're like, "This is pretty cool," right. or they're like what the hell just happened you know right yeah maybe maybe a little right right? yeah exactly but that must be a powerful feeling when you're all doing that but then you lock back into the form of the song right Right. and that's where you know like your
1: combo skills your listening comes together you're playing off of each other and stretching sometimes like i'll look at the bass player and say like hold it down and Mm. i take off uh meter wise i won't play in time i'll be superimposing other times over it um, that kind of thing so if we if we kind of communicate that we can stretch a bit like you would in a combo yeah but it's it's uh those are those are less often
0: right yeah so that's one band yeah. one long-term band you're also in a funk band right yeah. say
1: more about that funcation land, funcation yeah. land. Yeah. that band came together about 20 years ago Wow man. and we were a bunch of musicians were all playing in various commercial settings There's nothing wrong with it it's great sure it's wonderful you know to play pop tunes and dance tunes and right. it's a blast yeah but it doesn't feed your soul and sometimes you're playing tunes that you'd rather not right yeah. so that band was born out of our desire to like, play like some Tower Power yeah. and Stevie and Earth and Fire and some sure. more uh, challenging things for us. Yeah. That ran for about two years, maybe three years back then. Okay. And it was an 11 piece band and it kind of got tough to yeah. keep it going. Okay. We tried to make it like an every Saturday or every two weeks gigging in the, right. in the, in the local scene hmm. hard with a band that size sure. and schedules. Right. Flash forward about two years ago. I have a big tub mm-hmm. with the library in it for the band, all the books. Okay. And I kept tripping over it. And I'm looking at it going like this book, what is it? finally I open it up and I go, we should read this book. Right. So I called some of the same players and some new players from the old band, okay. put it back together, and now we're going again and we're gigging now. Is that right? Me? Yeah, our uh-huh. next date is on the 31st of January. So in the meantime, we're, I'm writing a bunch for the band and uh, writing the book. But it's a lot of Tower Power, a lot of Stevie Wonder, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Roomful of Blues, horn-based uh yeah funk
0: music yes and when you say writing the book you mean picking the songs or actually transcribing the note for note for the whole band both
1: some some other players contribute a couple tunes okay. i've had to write a lion's share of the book okay. so right now i've been I've actually been listening to a lot of prince uh uh-huh. yeah 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 man yeah deep deep horn sure. crews right so yeah. i'm gonna pick and choose a couple tunes okay to put together great um some Prince, but also other tunes that Prince had covered in his live shows that, man, they got deep grooves. Right. So, in with the horns, you know,
0: kicking it hard. So, are you doing this different than the original songs? Because are some of those already transcribed as and, and you're changing them? Yeah, we're changing them. Okay. We'll change them for keys for the singers
1: because it's a different pitch. <laughs> sure. And secondly, some of the charts, you, it's hard to get charts for our instrumentation. We are alto sax, tenor sax, bari sax two trumpets and bone, and then rhythm
0: section. Okay.
1: So it might be written for one trumpet, two saxophones and bone. Yeah. And so you have to augment it. Right.
0: So it sounds like a big band as well. It's not jazz, but it's a funk big yeah, band, it's, right? It's yeah. 12 people. That's then. a lot of people, right? And then yeah. we've
1: also had some people like, I'd love to sing background, so it ah, might get bigger. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, there you not? go. It's yeah. hard to have 11 people working years ago, you so bet. let's make it right. bigger. You bet. Right. And, and any other bands? Um, I freelance a bit. Okay. I freelance. I do some jazz things here and there. Oh, okay. um, weddings, parties. I just kind of finished a run with a psychedelic rock band. Oh, really? So it's kind of music inspired by The Doors and okay. The Beatles and yeah. The Grateful Dead. Sure. And a lot of original music by one of the uh, organizers of the band. Okay based out of that kind of realm of music.
0: Sure. And I imagine your your jazz skills, your knowledge of music serves you quite well in that.
1: It helps, yeah. It helps a lot because as jazz musicians, you like you okay. What are we doing? Got it, and you quickly listening adjust. Sure. So that that has been helpful,
0: yeah. And even though John Densmore was a a rock drummer, he was very much uh, jazz influenced by jazz as well, right? So yeah. yeah. So how did all of this stuff start for you, Brad? Uh, When did you fall in love with music? Uh, I was really young, really really young, and there was always music in my
1: house. My brother is eleven years older than me. Okay. So when I was five, he was sixteen. Mm -hmm. He played the trumpet, Mm -hmm. and he had a band, and they would play, you know, they're called the Starlighters, and they'd play Moon River and all the tunes of that day. I was born in 59, so this is probably the mid-60s. Yeah, and where'd you grow up? Western Massachusetts, South Hadley, a suburb of Springfield. Yeah, Yeah. okay, sure. As a matter of fact, Springfield, um, if you know um, Joe Morello, Joe Morello came out of Springfield, Okay. and Joe studied with a guy, Joe Sefchek. This old Polish. Guy. I've heard. I've heard the name. And Joseph Czech taught Joe, and Joe Czech was my first teacher oh, too. Wow. So, okay. in Joseph Czech, if you're hip to books. Um, studied with George Stone.
0: Yes, George control. Lawrence Stone. Sure, yeah. right. Yeah.
1: So I mm-hmm. always say to my kids, I'm kind of like a grandchild of right. stick control. Right. And, you know, that kind of thing. It's quite a lineage. Well, yeah, I hope I can keep it up. I well, it sounds like, like you are. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in Western Mass, and there was a lot of music around. And I remember looking at an album cover, and it was a drawing of folding chairs and wire music stands. Hmm. And they, all the instruments were like on a break. They were like sitting on the, on the chairs. <laughs> And I just looked at this and said, that's where I'm going to be. Wow. I just got to be there. Wow. Not from, from, it was never like, uh, well, we all think we're going to be an astronaut and yeah. whatever. all this yeah. stuff. But that was like, I got to be involved in music. And you were how old at that point? Oh, I, From when I can remember, yeah. I just knew I'd be involved in music okay. wow. and wanted to be a drummer. And my mother wanted me to play anything else right
0: of course you know, yeah
1: because of the carding of the equipment Too loud right it's loud <laughs> it's big it's noisy right. it's and uh and uh, I, I just I, I don't recall this but my mother said i told her the drummer's the heartbeat of the band mm-hmm. right she's like okay so Thank you, mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm sure dad was right, old, right, right. Yep. You know, and I got my first drum set, and then you know the soundproof room came in the basement, and sure. pretty quickly after. Yeah. So, what was
0: your first kit?
1: Oh gosh, it was a Japanese drum. Back then, Japanese drums were not cool. Yes. they were not good. At right, all. right. So it was blue sparkle. Yeah. I was 11 years old when I got it, and it was a Japanese trumpet, kit, a little three-piece okay. um, blue sparkle jam. Yeah. Nice, love this. So I still have my snare drum. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. It was a Ludwig uh, acrylate.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, great drum. The brushed kind of. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And cymbals. Oh gosh!
1: Um, right now I play. Well, I've got uh, old K. Not old, old, old K. Mm-hmm. When K started to come back out um i was playing with a big band in new hampshire uh called the ted herbert big band he had a big uh, music store in new hampshire and manchester and the drum tech at that store has said like you gotta check this out and it was the early 80s when mm-hmm. we started making k's again yeah and i put a k20 on my stand mm-hmm. and it never left like he's like check it out on the gig Yeah, never left my bag right. um so Zildjian, I do play some Istanbul's. Okay. I've gotten hip to the Korops too now. I've got yes. a couple Korops. Yeah. Um, I've got a nice Istanbul 19-inch. I'd, I'd love to say I play all Zildjian, mm-hmm. but right. my hi-hats um, are old mm-hmm. uh, new beats. And new beats, when new beats came out, yeah, I was in New York at 16 years old mm-hmm. and looking by cymbals. And this is how old they, I am. Yeah. And they are. Um. There's this, there's this, all these people. I walk around the store, and everybody's buzzing and all, all excited. And I'm like, who's that? Who's that? And all these big guys with afros, these right. African American yeah, guys, yeah. and like, man, that's cool in the gang. I'm like, who's cool in the gang? <laughs> and so and he's like, you gotta check these symbols out, man. They're called new beats, like, yeah. new beats, man. They're they're one stick, one stick. He's right. like, yeah, yeah, it's the next cool thing. So I bought them. So I bought them before cool in the gang were hip. Aha. You started (laughs) it. That's (laughs) how old my cymbals are. So I guess that makes me old too. It's the old new beats. Yeah, Yeah. 45 years ago or something like that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, cymbals. And then uh, I play Yamaha drums. Okay. I've got that funk Yamaha kit that I play, Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Maple Customs. Yeah, beautiful. And I also play, I just picked up a set of DWs. I just jumped in. Nice. I had a set of Birch... uh, drums that i use for jazz
0: okay um and i
1: loved them mm-hmm. but i am loving the dws more right,
0: right. So, yeah. so that's my jazz kit my yeah DW's. fantastic yeah. Yeah. so so you're growing up you caught the bug for for music you're falling in love with it your mom your folks gave you a drum set yeah. it, what what is the dream that's starting to brew here because you're wanting to make it part of your life
1: yeah, I, you know it's kind of funny. Um, when I was young, I was I grew up in a, in a household that we are all Polish, mm-hmm. and it was a very Polish community. So there's a lot of ethnic music on okay. the stereos all the time, yeah. and so I listened to a lot of Polish music. Okay, and believe it or not, I I started playing. I got my first gig at 11 years old mm. with a polka band. It's amazing. These polka bands were, they are, um, they're pretty aggressive yes loud. fast yeah fast and yeah. trumpets you know microphones yeah it's it's not like oo-pah, oo-pah, right o-pah. right so it's in the drummer and honestly oh i think that's where my jazz big band okay. approach started okay. because in those kinds of situations you were always setting things up and putting fills in and catching and there was lots of small sections and you were always setting up the next section yeah. So at 11, I played my first gig with a, a polka band, and I remember, got to the end of the night, and there was, you know, free food and free soda from you Sure, sure, right. And uh, women. Yeah, there you go, there
0: you go, great. And, that's uh, a good gig, like, and, right. yeah.
1: and everybody gets paid, and they handed me 25 bucks. Wow. And I was like, it's yeah. a pretty good right. deal. <laughs> so I did that a lot through high school. Cool. And I would say, uh, during high school, I made the equivalent of today's dollars about twenty-five grand on weekends when wow. I was in high school.
0: That's fantastic. mean
1: these bands, I went to college, yeah, and started that uh,
0: educational track and that, and then
1: transferred off into different kinds of music, jazz and rock and
0: so. Yeah. on. Yeah, okay. And so you mentioned your you important teacher, oh, uh, Joseph check Joseph Czech, yeah. tell me about studying with Joe and any other teaching or, or musical inspirations.
1: Yeah, there's been there's been as with many people. There've been many teachers. Joe was probably you know the father for me. Uh, tough, mm. tough as nails. Is that right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, small little, s- small little studio mm-hmm. in a like an apartment building kind of thing, where there were a lot of music studios. And would holler. Mm. Oh, he would talk. He loved you like a grandfather, but boy, yep. he gave it to you. Uh huh. And really taught me how to dig in and play well, yeah. um, as, as best I could. And that has instilled in me how to help kids in my teaching really dig in and mm-hmm. come on, we're you know, Joe was the type of guy who he'd walk through knee deep horse poop with you. Yeah. Yep. But he but you do it with him right. so, to yep. get you to
0: the next place. Sure. Yeah, so he was going to... I mean, there's some merit to that style of really going to hold you accountable. If he gives you homework, you do the homework, or you're wasting his time, right? So Yeah,
1: and he give you help. Yeah. And he'd sure. There was a, a cross from the drum set on this wall was a big... Um, poster, a caricature of him mm-hmm. with this big, you know, bubble, like a,
0: a speaking bubble, yeah. and it was a count! <laughs> and we had to count our brains out of these rhythms. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And so learning jazz or learning starting,
1: actually, that was my When looking back, I didn't realize at the time of starting the swing and all the swing patterns, it was the start of some independent, I hate to use the word independence, because I don't believe it. Okay, no. We'll talk about that. I'm here. curious about but, that. But, you know, that boom, pat,
0: pat, pat, Oh, so the left hand's doing something different, yes, right? Yes, yes. Which is one of the hardest books, The Advanced Techniques for the Modern Drummer, Jim Chapin. And I'm like, I, okay, that just hurts my head.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> and <a significant laughs> but it's yes. to where you can right. go through it right. 50-some-odd different ways, the Alan Dawson method in right.
0: that. Right, right. So say more about that, please. Independent, what do okay. you, how do you so
1: see i So, oh boy, a while back, I really got into Cuban music. Okay. And, you know, the whole Afro-Cuban yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was a real challenge for me to play it. Mm-hmm. And people talk about independence, like, "Wow, you you know, you got your clavie in your left foot, was you're playing this." Mm-hmm. But I don't really believe because because this is your trunk, mm-hmm. and these are your branches, mm-hmm. so they're not independent. Mm-hmm. Right. This is my philosophy. Yeah, please. This is way i of looking. At I want to hear it. So I think of like, say, if you're doing a, a songo beat mm-hmm. um, with your feet, you got your your on your left foot. Yep. And you, one on the right foot mm. so you can think of them as independent or you could think together mm. so it can be together apart together apart and where they occur but no different i would think than piano players thinking their hands are independent right okay. you know on the piano or this this my my is independent from my thumb right. it's just a different rhythm yeah. and patterns that make up a complex
0: mm. uh Recipe, yeah, but still part of the hand pinky exactly. and the thumb, right? Yeah, so yeah.
1: I, I think of like almost alone together, you hmm. know, or that's simplifying it down. But if you're doing the, the cast beat with the right hand, yeah. it lines up with your bass drum time in the clave. So things are happening together or apart, okay. but they're all connected to the trunk. Because oh. it truly could I think about... Playing and I know some cats do this, like five on my right foot, four on my left foot, seven and then three. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> I, I don't know physically how to do that. Right, it would have right. to be something that where they line up or they don't.
0: Right. Right. So what for for the beginning student or someone who's been at it for a while? I mean, I just find it a victory if I'm moving all four links yeah. at the same time, <laughs> yeah. no matter what noise I'm making, because right. right. um, that's not easy to do. Right. Well, where do, where do people start with that? What's the best way to start? I, like say, beginning basic drummers. Yeah, I say
1: I play play rights and right hand right drummer. Yeah, say rights. Mm-hmm. Hit your right. Okay. Now hit all. Hmm. And then rights.
0: Right,
1: uh, ball, okay. right, ball. So you get quarter notes. Called. Yes. Yeah. And then after that, you go right, uh, right, symbol, ball, symbol, right, symbol, uh, ball, symbol, okay. right. So you get your basic yep. rock beat and eighth notes. Right. Okay. From there, if they can keep that going in that, keep that going then put a little drum full in the fourth, do three measures, yep. drum full in the fourth measure, and then land on your feet. Right, right. And then we can start to develop from there. Yeah. There's a great book by Peter Erskine that's kind of the same approach. Hmm the elemental drum set book okay. and then he has the same pattern going in now mm. like one two,
0: and three with the bass yes. drum got it yes so, amazing drummer peter Erskine. Oh, yeah. right so uh, drumming influences who are who are your guys or women or the sort of mount rushmore uh, of it I for mean, you there's so many yeah how can you how can you yeah yeah
1: i think you know people ask me you know who's my favorite mm-hmm. and you know like Everybody brings their own thing, David Garibaldi. For a while I was a weckle fan. I was yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Throughout though, the whole thing, I would say, if I had to meet one person and really study and learn from him, I'd say Gad. Mm. And the reason for me is because every note is not just um, a flash or a filler. It's like it's so sincere sure. what he does. Sure. It's like his body's connected to every drum when he plays, right. and, it's, and, it's, and it shows. Sure, yeah. um, Buddy. Right. Sure. I didn't like Buddy for a long time. Okay. I thought Buddy was way over the top, and mm-hmm. it was a, a drum set with a big band accompaniment. Right. So, mm. I really was more digging Louis Belson in college than Buddy. Yeah. Because Louie was swinging. Sure. And sure. Buddy was always over the top. Yeah. And then I saw some of Buddy's videos. You've probably seen them where they slow it down. They show what he's doing. It's like, right. right. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. it's a lot of talent there. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you can't. And when he played a whole night on a broken wrist, right? So. Yeah. Jeez. You can't. Uh, so, so many players. Um, man, this is so many. I mean, I listen to Stuart Copeland. I think he's killing. Sure. Um, John Bonham that listening to those drums when I was back in in my youth and I was listening I didn't realize how good of a drummer how well they recorded yes yes
0: absolutely yeah and very jazz influenced right yeah and then then, then there's ginger
1: and I mean where do you stop
0: right yeah exactly yeah. If I boiled it down, I'd probably
1: say uh, Steve Gadd because he crosses, you know, the jazz sure. and the, the rock and right.
0: all that. Yeah, the stuff he plays with Clapton is just incredible. The
1: Stewart and right. combo-wise, like, right. wait, um, the new cat for Antonio uh, for uh, uh,
0: Antonio, Pat Methenio.
1: Uh Sanchez. Yes. Oh my God, Antonio Sanchez. Yeah, I saw Pat Metheny here. It was a
0: lesson. I just stood and watched.
1: Oh my god,
0: that's stuff I could never even dream of doing. Right. This guy's just right. Yeah, and that's it. That's really inspiring, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, no if, Even if yeah,
1: I—that's what you do. You listen to somebody like, "Wow, that's really hip," and you like, and you want to become part of that. Sure. Looking like a chef with a recipe. There you go.
0: Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. So when did you decide to go into? Because you could have gone a number of different ways. You were you were studying music. When did you decide you wanted to also teach? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so I'm a
1: senior in high school. Okay. And I'm making a lot of money. Right. That's really a lot. I bought my car cash. I got my right. license. Bought a car the next
0: twenty five grand. That's quite a bit in high school.
1: Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. So um, senior year about january i'm the last of five kids mm-hmm. i say i want to go to college mm-hmm. and my mom goes good luck <laughs> <laughs> and okay. so, uh, i'm going for music yeah. It's like good luck yeah your grades aren't that great because you've been doing all these gigs there. right right so off i go decide i'm going to enroll in college and the only thing really was a music ed program cool. so i did that and then i thought for a while i want to compose mm. so junior year i decided to switch to be a composition major and I knew that that was not going to be profitable. Yeah. And I had to think about what I want for a life and a living. Sure. And could I keep music going, mm-hmm. but have a, a decent living and so on? So, like many people do, you it's, it's a, a balance of what you choose. And so I went into education and I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, just kind of how I went. And I continued the playing. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, also the composing and writing, too, and all that.
0: Yeah. So, And you've been teaching in the public school system here in Maine at Yarmouth Middle School yeah. for how long, you mentioned? Uh, this is my 29th year of teaching yeah. in Yarmouth School System. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, And you also teach privately as well? I have in the past, but okay. currently I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You're busy I'm, enough.
1: Well, I'm busy enough and I'm finding that the you know, maybe it's that the younger kids just want to learn a little bit to play rock and move on and right. they they're not like into the technique of stick control or the technique of really mm-hmm. grooming that. Some older kids, maybe who are high school seniors or juniors who are heading towards a college thing, I will help them get along that way to their sure. auditions. Sure. Right. So, not too many students these days. Yeah, um, but that le- that saves time for other things like writing and so on. Right,
0: right. How how have you improved and grown as a teacher over the twenty nine years? Well, I think
1: that behind every music stand as a kid, and you're teaching children, mm. and you happen to be teaching music, and if you remember that first and foremost, mm. you're on the right path. Mm. So. Um, how has how's my teaching improved? Wow. It's 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 a always developing thing um Learning why a student my wife is also a teacher and she has a great phrases if they could they would Mm. so if they come in and and they're just not Prepared or they're not getting something. How is it that I need to help them to get there? Sure. Um, there's a a attitude or a, a thought process called servant Servant to leadership. Hmm. And it means you're my student. I'm going to pour out everything I can to you to help you. Yeah. And I get back from you that. And it's like the cycle. Right. It's a little no, you like or a little yoga ish yeah, kind of thing. But I like it. But the idea is that the more I can give and be vulnerable sure. and give to you, of the more I get back from the wrong. Right band community right kind of absolutely
0: and i can relate to that if, of the if i could do it i would do it that that usually is me on the drum set if i if i could play like that i would do it but yeah. it takes a while to well we all think that don't we right
1: i yeah. always say that if you if you got off a stage and you're like wow that's perfect right you're the deaf or lying right. i mean it's, it's yeah. nobody leaves the stage saying Oh, that was great.
0: So so let's talk about that actually then for you with your experience and any sort of advice uh, for other musicians, drummers or otherwise, getting ready to play a gig, fear of mistakes, yeah. stage fright kind of stuff.
1: Okay. You're you, So you prepare. Okay. You prepare. You prepare as good as you can mm-hmm. and you put yourself in uncomfortable situations yeah. because that's where growth comes. Mm-hmm. Growth never comes from, right. you know, I'm comfortable everything's right. fine. So you prepare as best you can and then you get into some uncomfortable situations and I've been in them. Mm-hmm. I've been in them where a trombone player from New York comes up to Maine and he's like Yeah, we're just gonna play tunes man. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, and then he goes like yeah, let's do this in seven Okay <laughs> so you you, yeah. you have to Right. You have to be in those uncomfortable situations, sure. and th- so you prepare, get yourself in uncomfortable situation, and know that everybody makes mistakes. Right. It's like bad skiers and good skiers. The quicker the recovery is, right. the maturity of the skier. Yes. So the quicker the recovery mm-hmm. is, I mean, I've seen some live tower of power mm-hmm. you know, shows mm-hmm. on on like YouTube, yeah, and there's some mistakes, sure, sure. And I see Emilio kind of go like,
0: <laughs> Let's look over, and uh, and they catch it. So. but
1: everybody's right yeah
0: all human all have good days and bad days right Right. so yeah
1: so you just try to have a more consistent you try to bring the bar up and have a more consistent level so as far as a person i'd say just keep trying Mm -hmm. you know nobody's nobody's gonna give it to you you gotta go out and earn it and sometimes you gotta take some bruises when you
0: sure yeah on the way well and it's interesting it's sort of like with rudiments or grooves or whatever you you, the more you practice the better you get it's the same thing with playing live right? right so yeah. And, and,
1: but you could practice too long, right? Correct. So, yeah, you know where you're practicing. Okay, I get it. I get it. Let's just get on stage and let's sure. see what happens. Because right. sometimes those magical moments, yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they really happen. Yeah. What What do you recommend as a good balance as a good limit for practicing?
1: Well, obviously, the younger student, the less. Mm-hmm. And the older student, if you could practice more, it's more, I always say, practice smarter, don't practice longer. Okay. So, if I can play a, a songo groove, mm-hmm. well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I don't have to practice songo. Right. Now, let's play, Um, you know, there's two claves, the mm-hmm. song, right, and the rumba mm-hmm. clave. Let's play the other clave with my left foot mm-hmm. instead and work on the uncomfortable stuff. Yeah. But come back to the fun stuff, too. So practicing should be three things, I think. It should be, one, um, familiarity, stuff you're working on, Hmm. and stuff that challenges you. Okay. And it could be in a variety of order. Right. So you have some familiarity stuff that you're, yeah, I I got this. This is good. It feels good. We should all do that. And then I'm working on this beat now. I'm like, what the heck is this? Right. Right and slow the quarter note down
0: slow it down. Right. Yeah. 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 And then
1: start to bring it back up. So very true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You also have some recordings too. Did I read that right? Yeah. It's Portland jazz. Yeah. Um, We've
1: recorded a couple CDs and the last CD that we just released a year ago now coming up. um, We produced ourselves the trombonist who's the artistic director Chris Oberholzer and myself. We did the mixing, the editing, the mastering, and it was about a year-long project for a big band to do 10 tracks. No doubt.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, that is a lot of work, and you mixed that where? Just with a home studio. studio. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, I use a a Mac-based home studio. Okay.
1: Okay. So we recorded the tracks in a big room and then took the hard drive with us and plugged it in and started doing our work. Sure. And with a big band, there's lots of... Things you've got to address. Right. That tenor sax yeah. player is a little early. That right. trumpet's a little long. Yeah. Is that alto a little sharp? And yeah. sure. So there was a lot of uh, yeah. adjustments to make the band beat. We didn't make it perfect, but we made it the best
0: possible band it could be. And, sure. And yeah. that's what recording is. That's days. right. That's right. Awesome. Where where can people get those recordings, Brad?
1: Um, from us when yes. we're playing. Okay. And then our website is portlandjazzorchestra.com. Okay. If you go .org, you'll be on the other side of the country. Got it. So yeah. There's another Portland Jazz. If you see a bunch of people and they're on the West Coast, right? not nice. yes. Not you. <laughs> um, portlandjazzorchestra.com.
0: .com. Okay. yeah where do you want your music to go at this point are you are you good do you have other goals do you have other dreams do you what's next oh, for you
1: you know I feel very fortunate
0: um i do feel very fortunate
1: that um i I've been able to play with a lot of great players mm-hmm. and I think we all have the self doubts of could have shows yeah everybody does i think sure. and I think like well, Wow, you know, I, I got a somebody's coming to town. Like, uh, example, uh, uh, John Fattis mm-hmm. came to town a couple of years back, okay. and got a phone call. Would you would you play in a combo behind him? Mm. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, wow. well, the money's I'm like, yes, right. I don't care about the money. Right. So I've been fortunate to do that kind of okay. thing and associate with some of those players. Nice. Um, Eric Marienthal from the West Coast, an alto player, okay. came out. And the feeling that he, we, we started playing a blues thing. He was announced, came on stage and blew a killing chorus yeah. or maybe if turned around and looks at the rhythm section, he goes like, yeah, <laughs> yeah all right. we're going to be okay. Right. Right. So I feel very fortunate for those things. I hope that I can continue that, um, that the phone will ring. I will have enough facility. I'll, I will throw my back out from carrying my hardware case. Right, right. Um, yeah. I just I feel fortunate to have those opportunities. Sure. What's next? I just think hanging. I always say, um, hang with the best people you can, mm-hmm. and things might come your way a bit by accident. Even right. so, if I hang with certain people who are doing a lot of great things yeah. locally, right, you you somehow become part of this group. that sure,
0: yeah, yeah. That's you're lucky. And can you talk about the importance? I mean, you are clearly networked. Uh, and can you talk about the importance of networking for musicians and connecting with other folks? Yeah,
1: well, I I think that the music business is two things. It's the music and the business. Right. So people have to remember. Mm-hmm. I recently saw, I just I finished a set and another band came on mm-hmm. after we finished. Mm-hmm. And the first thing, they started playing this cool kind of Latin thing. I was like, God oh, this is really cool. This mm-hmm. is hip. Mm-hmm. And immediately they branched into a very avant-garde sound, mm-hmm. which in the right setting is cool, mm-hmm. but this wasn't the right setting. Sure. And it was a little bit of, I'm going to do my own thing over here. Mm-hmm. So knowing where you are and what you have to do and who you're dealing with in helping that situation to be the best it can be sure. it's so important being a nice person right um yeah. and just getting along with people
0: right. i yeah yeah because you don't want to even if the person has good chops you don't want to hang around with somebody oh, who's i can tell you stories right. People <laughs> come sure, to town, where sure, are. right it's rough, yeah right they're not yeah. nice
1: people sure. and then and they're big names and so yeah. on and, right. and we've heard about this, and sure. then there's other people who are big names and coming. They're just the nicest people right. in the world. Right. David Garibaldi, yeah. a friend of mine, um, after the show they had a meet and greet, mm-hmm. and a friend of mine brought his son who yeah. was young yeah. and met him and um, said, to, "This is David Garibaldi." And he says, "My son's a drummer." Mm-hmm. David Garibaldi says, "Oh, cool. What are you working on?" The kid said, "I'm working on 60th No, sir. Yeah. And David Garibaldi goes. Being cool, so am I. <laughs> right. You know, yes. it's so true. Right,
0: right, exactly. So, yeah.
1: um, networking. I think that um, you're as good as your last gig, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're as good as your last set. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean you have to be an ego and be a killing player and all that. But know that if it's if it's a society wedding gig, yeah. do right. your job. Right. It's right. not yeah. a jazz avant garde gig. Right. Or if it's a rock gig, don't try to bring all kinds of improv to it. Lay it down. Right. You know, when the band turns on, it's like, yeah, yeah man, this feels yeah. great. Sure. My job is halfway done. Right. That's how I feel about that.
0: Yeah, that's a good feeling, right? Yeah, so, it's a great for everybody. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where can folks find out more about you and your music, your website, your teaching? Thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, Brad
0: C., because my last name is too hard to spell brad c
1: music.com and on there i just i try to update it's mostly i have some playing stuff up there but it's mostly for my compositional stuff okay. i do a lot of writing for yeah. school bands and jazz bands okay. and so that's as the publishers have asked is a um, marketable thing i
0: have to have up there got it and and you're from what i read too you're on different publish alfred publishing and yeah alfred up. uh chose which is KJOS, okay. they're out of
1: california okay. uh fgh publishing out of florida yeah. um i'm gonna forget some yeah that's okay and it's, and it's yeah i got a bunch of school band pieces published that's amazing um for for kids to play yeah and uh, it's incredible it's kind, of, kind of well it's kind of great because i have my little laboratory at school so Yep. and they're like kids, like that doesn't work well. So I go back and fix it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what do you learn from them? What do you learn from your kids? I learn all the time. Yeah. Say, totally. give me an well, example. You, you
1: learn how much you can work and how much you have to play sometimes. Uh-huh. Okay. Sometimes, I, again, it, I can work. The kids won't work hard with me unless they know I'm there for them. Yeah. And I'll be there. so sometimes mm-hmm. that's having a little fun, sure. joking around. Yeah. Now let's get to business. Right. You know, it's like the uncle who you really respect and love. You'll rake the backyard with them. But you also know you might go apple picking or something sometime. He's there for you. So I learn from my kids all the time. Sometimes what I shouldn't do
0: right <laughs> right sure right exactly you go home and you're like that wasn't good right, right. you got to adjust course slightly yeah. on those things right yeah. yeah yeah is there is there anything we haven't covered Brad that you is important to talk about that you want to let folks know about I guess just
1: I never would have dreamt that I would be sitting here with you mm. in my younger self um, and and to leave yourself open to Meeting people, paths, and music, and if it if it brings you joy and you want to go there, go for it, and right. it's going to take you to a whole new place. Did I ever think I'd be, you know, playing in one of the most successful big bands in Maine um, for this long? Right. Uh, no. So leave yourself open to those opportunities because you never know where your path is going to take. I never would have thought I'd be a middle school. Teacher right. in my life. Nor would I think that I would have music published for middle school. Being right. By me. Right. Nor would the phone ring and somebody says, "Hey, is coming to town. Would you want to play drums behind them?" Whether it's right. Joan uh, Rivers, the comedian, wow. which was a stitch. Yeah. Well, what was that like? Oh my god! <laughs> it was funny. They were. There were so many funny things about that yeah. show. One was, at one point, Joe Rivers is going to ask you for help because she's going to fall on the floor. and oh. don't, don't do it. So we had to, we had to sit there. So. <laughs> <laughs> say that the band was on stage. The old kind of uh, floor show kind of style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the contract, it's like, go to the bathroom before you get on stage. You will not leave the stage. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and just and laugh at her jokes. <laughs> it was, we played two songs. We played her on. We stabbed there left and we played her off. And she came back for an encore and we played her off one more time. Three songs.
0: That's a pretty good game. <laughs> she
1: was a sweet and she what was she? A sweetheart oh, of a lady. Yeah. Oh nice Nice. So, yeah. And funny. Oh my
0: god. Right. The yeah.
1: thing she said at eighty years
0: old. Right. I was gonna say, any it maybe was, stuff you can't repeat. <laughs> I, I can't. I better not. Right. Kids might watch this. Right, yeah, Holy
1: exactly. God. So so those opportunities just affect that I like wow. I never would have guessed it would take me here. Sure, you know, or to play for uh, um,
0: George W.
1: Bush. You know, one right. point,
0: there. yeah, read that too. Yeah, like, how does that happen? Right. Yeah. What was that like?
1: Um, we were loading our gear in, and, and it was a big long line, and they had the bomb sniffing dogs mm. and um, all these big security people, and mm. they're going down the line, and, and I'm standing there, and there's I'm six three, and there's yeah. a security cat, yeah. bigger than me, yeah. Wow. And I look over and I say, like. I'm surprised you haven't wrestled me to the ground yet, sir. He goes, "I can work that out if you want. I'll beat you." I'll beat you. I was like, oh, "Yeah, good, right, right." So, yeah. And uh, you know, just again, opportunities, opportunity. I always success is the product of opportunity, meaning preparedness. So you can be prepared, but not have an opportunity, and you so, and you can have the opportunity, but man, you don't have it together yet, right? So those having two things together if you can do that you can be
0: successful that's what you do sure exactly but but the very cool thing which is a hard thing to do you are living the dream you're making your life in music Mm -hmm. and it's diversified in a number of different ways but you you know and not that there's anything wrong with digging ditches or plumbing or whatever But if you want to be in music, you're doing it. So it's really awesome. Great advice. Stay open to that. Absolutely. Because it may look different than you think it was, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it will. Right. It will. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I would touch
1: electric drums. Mm. Because I grew up, man, when drum machines came out, and they were putting people out of work. They
0: were awful, too. Right? They were awful, too. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, but, but now. Right. Yeah. It's hip. The technology is caught up as well, so well,
1: yeah. and, and we can
0: incorporate
1: it yes, into the kit. That's right. It's not replacing me anymore. That's it's right. like now this whole new palette
0: of like, wow. Right. So yeah opportunity man or or just yeah keep yourself open man absolutely cool sounds great Great. wonderful stuff with brad chahomsky check out bradcmusic.com is that right yeah thank you absolutely brad thank you so much for being on the record today man appreciate it glad to be here very cool episode what did you think about that We'd love to hear from you wherever you're listening from in the world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it. And if you want to watch this interview, there's a video, too. You can check it out on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MusiciansOnTheRecord.com. Until next time, I'm David Ward. Thanks for listening.